Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello and welcome to episode 234 of Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali. As you might know, June is National Men's Health Month. This month is all about encouraging the men in your life, including you, to take care of your body and focus on your sexual health. That's why the entire month of June, we're talking about the conversations that are relevant to men's sexual health. If you are a man or in a relationship with one, this is an episode for you. In this episode, we talked about some of the burning questions that I get from my listeners and my clients over and over again. And I compiled them all together and I invited this fantastic sex coach and sex educator to help me answer some of these questions. So these are the few of them. We're going to talk about the size matter and why are so many men struggling with accepting the size of their penis. We're going to talk about the natural exercises that you can use to increase your size and your girth. And we're going to talk about some tips for lasting longer in bed and some positions that might help you to last longer. So if you have any of these questions, stay put. We're going to talk about all of them. As I mentioned, I invited a sex educator to come on the show. Our guest is Christopher Lovestone, the Einstein of relationship. Christopher is an ingenious certified sex educator who is breaking new ground in sex education for men and couples. After surviving six divorces during his childhood, he went on to rewrite the rules of the relationship game so that people can actually win. His techniques have yielded him a wildly successful 15-year marriage that gets hotter every year. And you can find his technique in his book, Conscious Cock, The Empowered Sexuality Manual for Men. Before I go to our conversation, I wanted to remind you about the checklist I created a couple weeks ago on tips for lifelong erectile health. You don't want to miss it. You can download it from the link in the show notes. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Christopher Lovestone. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am so honored and excited to have Christopher Lovestone on our show. Christopher, welcome to our show. I'm so happy to be here. Like, I'm really looking forward to the topics that we're going to dive into today. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for accepting our invitation. I loved your book. I I was sharing with you just before I started the recording that how great it is that you had lots of good concepts, but also actionable tools. Because sometimes when when I, I read books about sexual wellness and sexual health, it's missing those key information that we're, we're learning about things, but we don't know how to kind of incorporate these newfound information in our sex life. So I think your book was great. Uh, that included both. You know, as I was growing up, I, I, I found a lot of books on my mother's bookshelf that were women's health and sexual health books. She had resources as a woman, but as I went and looked into the world to try to find 
a how-to manual, an instruction manual for men with like penis and male plumbing, I couldn't find much out there. Um, I could find medical textbooks, but I couldn't find just like a practical real world guide of how to deal with our sexuality and relationship with a woman all in one place. So Absolutely. That was the I, goal is like an instruction manual. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you accomplished that goal. It's such a wonderful book. And you know, one of the topics that you mentioned in the book that I think it's really interesting is about penis size. So I get a lot of questions from my listeners kind of talking about, are there ways to change the girth of my penis? Is there a way for me to increase it, change the size of it? And it was interesting that I repeatedly talked to people about a compatibility is important that like, uh, it's not that the bigger penis is a better penis. It's a matter of how are you using what, what you have. And also if you're exploring all of your partner's other erogenous zones, because what we know in a heterosexual relationship that beginning of women's genitals where most of the sensation is. So you don't necessarily need to have a super long penis to be able to provide pleasure and sex. So tell us, why do you think are some men are so invested in, in this topic? Bigger is better, right? Bigger, <laughs> faster, stronger, tougher. It's just kind of the capitalist American dream. Um, it's just like dominant cultural message that we get from boyhood on up to manhood of like, oh, you want to have bigger muscles. You want to be stronger. You want to be the guy that gets things done better, etc. But like, it's such a problem that today, we live in the age of porn where the male talent, the male actors are often paid by the inch length of their cock. So if you've got a really large cock, like the top 10 percentile of the bell curve of penis size for human beings, like you can make a lot of money in porn. So all we see in porn <laughs> is professional actors with abnormally large, I mean, larger than the bell curve norm. Okay. So that, but we, we just subconsciously take that as like, oh, that's what power is. That's what masculine power is. I want to be like that. Like a lot of women that I know also experience it with breast size. They wish they had bigger breasts, right? We all have these issues about our bodies, but um, the really glorious nugget is that it's not the, what do I say here? If you just have a large cock, you might only have that one tool in your toolkit. But a masterful lover, like a master craftsman, someone who can build a work of art, they have a lot of different tools that are all very sharp tools, precision tools in their toolkits. They can create these works of art. But if uh, you just have one tool, just relying on the size of your penis to be the thing that causes all the pleasure, you're missing out on like all the other tools that are possible. But, you know, I even feel it myself. I am 50th percentile, 100% captain average size. Like that's me, you know, and I've felt it in my own life. I wish I was better, or not better, bigger, just on basic principle that bigger is better, right? Like that would be more pleasurable to my partner. But the reality is it's not having a, a diverse toolkit to be able to respond to how she is today or how her body is feeling today or how her emotional landscape is today. That's much more, that creates a lot more harmony and trust and, and joy in your relationship than just having one tool, a really big power tool that just does one thing well, pile driver. <laughs> no, I know, I know some women, you know, <laughs> will want that regularly, but most women kind of want to 
lead up to that and then have it once in a while, but not all the time. You don't want to get your cervix hit. You don't want to be doubling over in pain. You know, so it's about attunement, really. It's about really what is your how do you create the most pleasure with your partner? And having a big jackhammer isn't necessarily the thing that's going to create the most pleasure. It might in a certain instance, if she's deeply aroused and really hungry for it, for example. But in other instances, she might be like, stay away from me with that big thing. Like, (laughs) touch my heart and my mind first and then like, caress me a little bit, you know, (laughs) go down on me, for example. But she brought up so many different great points, right? I think the first part is around porn. I'm not against porn. I don't think there's anything wrong with people watching porn, but it's not sex education. Going back to your first point that we don't have manual for sex for for men and nope. uh, not necessarily for, for women that in a how-to ways. So mm-hmm. people learn from porn and porn is not sex education. It's just purely entertainment. You see things the same way that when I look at their rom-com, it's not accurate depiction of love. So the same applies to porn. So you see exaggerated body parts and you're right that I didn't know people get paid if they have bigger uh, penis that's that's a new information to me but that's that's interesting and then it shows that then we the images we're seeing is hand selected the same images that we see with vulva we don't see vulva diversity in porn the same applies to penis size and you know i don't know how else i can <laughs> talk about it with people because i'm a sex therapist i feel like anyone who knows you're a sex therapist they want to talk about their sex life so i talk to a lot of women that are in a heterosexual relationship and I barely hear a woman saying that, oh, he was great because he had a huge penis size. I heard people saying that, oh God, we didn't have foreplay and he had this huge penis and it was so uncomfortable. I wasn't, I couldn't wait until it was over. So I think that's important. So, you know, I've heard from my conversations with other sex therapists that there's this emerging trend of understanding about women's enjoyment of penis size and that this trend that I'm observing now brings clarity to the conversation that in general, women prefer a larger than average cock for a one night stand, but for a long-term relationship in general, average, because they've got an average size yoni, the average size penis on a man, like it evolutionary has adapted to be the perfect balance of size and pleasure and stuff like that. So anyway, I just thought that was interesting to share it that like statistically, yeah, maybe they want a bigger cock for a one night stand, but for a long-term relationship, average is great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's, it's really a matter great. of how are you using what you have and you're right that how masterful you are with foreplay. But I bet that again, I had this conversation so many times and it comes the question that, but I want to increase my size and how can I do it? And I know you have lots of great information about that. Share with us some of the exercises that you think can be useful for people who are interested in that. It is called penis exercises or penis enlargement, PE for short. And there's a term called jelking, J-E-L-Q-U-I-N-G, or just J-E-L-Q, jelks. And most people don't know about these things. 
And they are, there's manual exercises, like you use your hand and you massage the shaft of the penis and the base of the penis. And, and you work out the tissues of it, just like I'm a, like a sports massage therapist will work on or not on somebody's um, trapezius, like their neck muscle or something like that. But there's pitfalls, which is that you can do it too hard. You can do it too many times, too much intensity. And us guys, we tend to have this thing where we want to have bigger results faster. This kind of like American go to it mentality of like, I'm going to make this work that can actually cause tears in the tissues, micro tears in the, in the soft tissues underneath the skin and damage to vascular tissues and various parts of the plumbing down there. So like, yes, you can do these manual exercises, hand-based exercises. Yes. And they can be really helpful and empowering. They can be. And they also can hurt you. It's like going to the weight gym. If you don't do that squat right, you're going to hurt your back and you're going to be messed up for weeks. Same thing with this. And if you hurt your cock, it's really bad. Oh my God. It's like, I imagine it's like if a woman gets dinged in her cervix and just doubles over in pain, like you don't want that. So, but, but they can be really empowering. These manual massage stretching exercises that also entail a lot of constricting pressure in your closed fist with kind of like a pumping motion. The goal being to, to create little micro tears in the tissues that then increase their capacity to be elastic, to be filled with blood so that the penis can get wider and longer. Now, the opposite of that is what things cause your tissues to shrink and become less elastic. Smoking is one of those things. Smoking will actually decrease the size of your maximum erection mm -hmm. by maybe a half an inch in length or a half an inch in girth. Like people who smoke, we tend to get skin that's kind of brittle and thin because it loses its elasticity. So there's things that you can do that to assist that elasticity. And there's things that you can do that uh, remove that elasticity, but you can really hurt yourself doing this stuff. But if you just take a gentle routine and you've got a coach, because there's PE coaches out there, or you go to a doctor who's familiar with this stuff and has seen people come in who have hurt themselves and has dealt with helping them to recover because it's serious. You need to be aware of the, of the dangers of it. If you do it properly, then it, it increases your ability to get erections when you want it, when you want them, to hold the erections as long as you want them, to hold off orgasm and ejaculation and defer it until you choose to decide, which is really empowering for a guy versus feeling like he's at the whim of his partner's movements and he can't hold off because she just feels so good. He can't stop from, you know, coming. So it, it really creates a lot of confidence in our sexuality. So I don't advocate doing jelking because of the pitfalls, because of our aggressiveness. And, you know, ah, and then like, what if we do things really hard for a while and then we fall off and we don't do them anymore? No, 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 no. Let's do like smaller bite-sized pieces where we actually succeed at doing it regularly, like do less, but do it more often. So I just encourage guys to start with kegels, to start with contraction exercises, but even those not squeezing as hard as you can squeeze. No, no, relax, chill out breathe. You want to do like small to medium intensity contractions, but you want to do them regularly, you know, weeks and they let that turn into months. And then you experience such huge gains in your ability to get erections when you want, have those erections be really full and strong rather than maybe a 50% kind of weak 
kind of flaccid erection, you know, which guys in our forties, fifties, and sixties, we have to deal with that, you know, and then holding off your, your orgasm and your ejaculation until you choose to release is so empowering and just doing kegels in a nice moderate routine that's slow and patient can give you all those benefits without having to worry about increasing the length or girth of your cock. And I'm going to say, I think personally, it's better to get better control over your, your erections and your orgasm than it is to have an extra half inch or an inch on your length or girth. If you can keep going for an hour, like that's better than having a little bit more size, I think. Absolutely. And, you know, as you were describing this exercise and I know I was reading in the book, I was like, conflicted. I was like, oh, great, this this can work. But I was like saying that, oh, God, there's so many things that can go wrong with that, that can harm your tissue. If you're not, as you mentioned, that you're prepared and they don't you don't you do too much. You uh, you don't have the right uh, help around like you don't get coaching that I rather my lover learn about become a better uh, lover, learn about oral sex, like BDSM, something else in my erotic template <laughs> that can be significantly more exciting than him having slightly a bigger penis. So, and I, but I yeah. know that the meaning is, can be huge for men, but I think it's important to hear the other perspective of it as well. You know, a lot of women that I know, for example, my mother, uh, my sister, you know, other people, like have put stuffing in their bras mm. to, to look bigger, right? Or gotten a wonder bra. And, you know, it's a very personal thing. Mm-hmm. But when they look at themselves in the mirror, wearing a nice dress, going out or something like that, they like the way they feel. So there's an interesting thing here about the way you feel. And if having a bigger cock makes you feel better, then okay, that's interesting. But you know, you can get a cock sleeve. You can get a silicone or a rubber dildo that's hollow that you actually insert your penis into. And like you can upgrade the size of your cock by putting on a sleeve. These things exist and guys don't know about them. And, and they might say, oh no, I could ever, never do that. It's going to make me feel inferior. Well, maybe not. It might actually make you feel like a rock star. You might be like, oh my God, I've got the big dick that I always wanted. And you know, you get to play with it and she gets to play with it and you get to see if she likes it. And you get to feel that you actually feel the intercourse still, even though you've got a, a sheath around you, like it still feels almost just as good. It's kind of like wearing a condom or something like that. But then you get to take it off when you're done. And, you know, one of the porn stars that has a monster cock, they never get to take it off. They have to live with that thing. And some of them, women will look at it and go, oh, my God, don't come near me. Like, I don't want to be touched with that thing. It's too big. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I am also encouraged, like, guys can play with it and feel how it can feel amazing. But then they get to come back to their normal, normal self. And then like maybe if they're fluid bonded with their partner, come inside of her afterwards without Mm -hmm. it on and have it be emotionally bonding still and be like a sex toy that you're playing with and being flirty and fun and exploring a new thing. Like it doesn't have to be all dark and ominous and oppressive. Like we can shift this all and then like bring more play and lightheartedness and pleasure in. I love that. I love that you're talking about these alternatives. I feel like at at least based on what I'm seeing now, there's a hierarchy of what kind of a man you are. So like if bigger penis is better. And I know one thing else that you were talking about in this hierarchy in the book, which I thought was very interesting, that you can master the art of orgasm without ejaculation for men and how that's a better thing to do. And I know you had a different perspective on that. Can you tell us more about it? Orgasm without ejaculation. That's a thing that most people have never heard of. They think it's synonymous. They're one and the same, aren't they? A guy comes and he ejaculates and he has an orgasm. It's all one big thing, right? 
but people like Montauk Chia, who is famous for teaching the microcosmic orbit and a lot of uh, tantric practitioners and teachers and educators and Taoist sexual practice teachers and educators have studied this ability and really put it under the microscope and, and practiced it for years of practice, you know, and learned that they can separate the physical contractions and the pleasure and the flush of serotonin and oxytocin and other feel-good hormones and chemicals that we experience when we have an orgasm, that those things can happen, but they can separate from actually uh, releasing semen, those spasmodic squirts of semen that thrust it out of the penis, like you can actually separate them through volitional practice. So I don't teach that. <laughs> I am not a Tantra teacher. I am not a Taoist sexual practices educator. And I am not a proponent of separating your orgasm from your ejaculation. I think orgasm and ejaculation are awesome. I just got to say, like, I would say like 90% of the guys out there, they just, they don't, they love it. It's like, oh, we feel so amazing. And if you're like really in love with your partner, for example, maybe like you you have children, like you're, you're fluid bonded, like the, the experience of your semen inside of her is such an emotionally bonding thing. It can be really juicy and sacred and like divine. So I don't teach guys to do that. And you have to practice it so much, maybe for months or years and stuff like that. And like, I have a, a really deep respect for anatomy and physiology. I was going to be a medical doctor. I backed away from medical school after going through a bunch of shadowing experiences with different practitioners, but I spent a lot of time studying advanced anatomy and human, like human anatomy and physiology. And there's a thing that I see is real, which is that guys have this sexual organ called the prostate. And if we don't have regular ejaculatory orgasms throughout our life, the prostate goes into disuse. If you don't use it, you lose it. It enlarges and it hardens, it gets painful. It's no longer elastic, right? We're, here we are back to elasticity, you know, right? pliability. And then it can lead to prostate cancer. Lack of having regular ejaculatory orgasms in a man's life can lead to cancer. <laughs> That's scary. All right. So I don't advocate that anybody try to avoid orgasm or ejaculation. Like I, I'm like, yes, welcome it. Like, let's just learn about it. Let's learn how to delay it until you choose to do it. So you feel empowered about being in better control. Yeah, let's learn that. But to avoid it and never have it, like I fundamentally disagree with that as a practice because you got to keep the plumbing working. <laughs> you don't want to have a problem there. That's like the deepest place in your body. Yes, yes. And, you know, I, I talk to lots of my friends that they, they are urologists and they say like even with men who are not partnered, like later stages of life, perhaps they lost a partner. We encourage them to masturbate to ejaculation for the health. So yes. even kind of ejaculation and experiencing that that can be health, a healthy part of one's sexual wellness and overall wellness, as, as you mentioned. So there's benefit to that. Maybe it can be interesting for someone maybe in the twenties or thirties to kind of see it as a challenge, but I don't, I, I don't think that's necessarily needs to be part of the hierarchy, 
right? That mm-hmm. if I'm able to do this, then then I'm better than you sexually. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, absolutely well, not. No, right. the more amazing, powerful, precise tools you have in your toolkit, then that's the better craftsman you're going to be. That's when you can create artistry, true artistry, speaking not because you can of, do one thing. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of like using your tools like effectively, the other question that we get a lot is about how to last longer. Again, I, I talk about it all the time. Maybe right. your partner, they don't love you lasting longer. Definitely talk to your partner about it. But if someone is finding themselves that that's something that they're curious to explore, but what are some of the suggestions you have for people? There's this term called embodiment that anyone who is a dancer will immediately understand or someone who practices yoga, for example, like they're doing a physical practice that involves breathing and their body. And it kind of, you kind of get out of your head and into really being in your body. Your focus is in your body. Your focus is not on what do I need to do tomorrow? You're, you're not a person sitting in front of a computer all day long, crunching on theory and numbers and stuff like that. That's not embodied. That's like in your mind. So one of the biggest things to help to learn to last longer in bed is to learn to become embodied, which is something most guys don't understand. What do you mean? How to be in my body? I live in my body every day. I wake up at it in the morning. I go to sleep with it in the afternoon. Like I can never take it off. Like it's always there. But it's a, it's a subtle thing to get in touch with your breath because a lot of times we just, we should breathe really shallowly. And also when we're not breathing deeply, we kind of are tense. We hold tension in our bodies and tension is the thing that accelerates you to orgasm. Tension, holding tension in your, your gluteal muscles, your butts, your, your butt cheeks, like your thighs, your quads, holding tension in your shoulders, breathing, holding your breath, even like ah, squeezing, like all these things can help bring us to orgasm or they can cause us to go to orgasm when we're not ready yet. If we're tense. So coming into our breath, kind of like doing a mental body scan. Oh, am I tense anywhere? Oh, okay. My, my shoulders tense. All right. Let me take a breath, drop my shoulders back and relax that like the ability to, to identify tension in our body and let it go by coming into our breath. It pays so many dividends for lasting longer in bed. One of them is it instantly relaxes you. Another thing is that the, the deep, slow breath is the hack to the vagus nerve to get you to relax. It literally short circuits your tension mind chatter and gets you into your body. And then it also brings you into the present moment of actually being in tune with what's happening in your body, which also could be like how you're touching someone else, your partner, for example, and the pleasure that it's occurring or is there pain? Am I in an uncomfortable position? Am I leaning on my elbow too long? Am I, or are you suffocating her because you're putting all your weight on her? right? Like it, it brings you into the present moment and you actually get sensation that otherwise you wouldn't have gotten because you've been ignoring it because you got your mental guard up. But if you can come into your body, suddenly you get more information. It's like, if, have you ever had a massage oh, and, you didn't know you ha- and you didn't know you had a tight spot until you got the massage and the massage gave you new information you didn't have before. You're like, oh my God, I didn't know I was sore there. Same thing happens with embodiment, you come into your body and you're like, you get all this information like, oh, wow, that feels really good. Or that doesn't feel good. You know, so then you're more empowered to respond to creating pleasure because you short circuited this kind of like jackrabbit pattern of going too fast and tension that's going to lead to orgasm. And you'll slow down 
it's so fundamental to any way to last longer in bed naturally is to come into your breath, scan your body and relax your muscles. Like I think it's the first step is learning how to do this, this non-common thing we don't normally don't do. Absolutely. You know, I, I work with clients that are struggle with premature ejaculation and they say like, you know, even from the dinner I'm thinking about that. Oh God, this is going towards oh. sex. I'm not going to be able to perform. She's going to get disappointed. It's like replaying in your mind and you're hooked on that story. And of course, that, that, that gets in the way of you connecting to your breath, to your body. And what's interesting is people think about, I have to think about something horrible. Oh my God, that's so the worst can... <laughs> thing. That even further separates you from your partner mm -hmm. and from the present moment and further separates you from embodiment. It's the opposite. Mm -hmm. And then she's going to feel your disconnection. She's going to feel that you're not present with her. And actually you might have too much weight on her. You might cause her pain and hurt because like you're not actually present. <laughs> Where are you? Oh, I'm thinking about dead kittens. Like, ah, like, no, <laughs> no. You want to be thinking about like your partner and having the most juicy pleasure possible, or maybe like how much you love them or like how much you love their body or, you know, looking into each other's eyes or like saying that you love them or something you love about them. Like that's the real juicy stuff. So pause, stop moving a little bit. <laughs> Take a deep breath, shift your way, look into your partner's eyes, tell them you love them, tell them what you love about them. Let your body cool down. Let those fires not be a raging, burning explosion. Like slow down, bring some presence to it. Oh, keys to the kingdom here. Keys <laughs> to the castle. You know? <laughs> And I know in the book, you talk about positions, these things, I was like, oh, I didn't think about it. But all of these uh -huh. things can help you to unlearn some of those negative messaging that you learn from porn of that, that fast movement with adjusting the position and kind <laughs> of God, like totally. being more <laughs> present with your partner. So I think those things are really important. You talk about them in your book. All right. Yes, absolutely. So let's say one, at least, right? If, if you're worried, guys, if you're worried about coming too quickly or Women, if your partner often comes too quickly oh, and you know, why not you guys still want to make love, you still want to have intercourse, penis and vagina intercourse. Yes. Well, there's a position where um, he sits down on a chair, um, maybe a chair with a nice wooden chair with a, with a nice back and put a little cushion on his low back there, sturdy. And then you sit down on his lap and wrap your legs around him. Or you can do it on a bed and he can sit cross-legged or on the floor and he can sit up against the wall cross-legged and you wrap your legs around him and you just sit there with your belly to belly mm -hmm. and your heart to heart, you know, chest to chest, face to face. And you look into each other and you wrap your arms around each other and you're just a, just a full frontal hug. That's all it is. But in that position, the penis, it can insert easily, but not very deeply. Mm -hmm. It's shallow insertion. And the woman's on top. She's the one who's in control, not the guy. So it, it, it also cancels his kind of pile driver, jackrabbit, robot machine thing of going too fast. And, and what you get into is this kind of dance of your weight of leaning and rocking with each other, which creates side to side movement rather than thrusting in and out movement, which is much better for waking up the vulva, the clitoris, the A spot, the, all these internal erectile tissues in her sexual anatomy and helps him to last longer because he's not getting so stimulated. And, and, and the beautiful thing is that your belly on the other person's belly and no one's getting like squished by the other person's body weight on top of them, right? No one's uncomfortable in some awkward sideways thing or, you know, getting their hair pulled. 
doggy style, you know, it's very comfortable. Then you can just relax and like, it feels really good to breathe your belly into your partner's belly and to feel their heart on your heart and to get to look at each other and like hug while you're, while you slowly dance or quickly. <laughs> anyway, it's called Yab Yum. Y-A-B is the first word. Yum, Y-U-M. Yab Yum. And it's just so simple. Just get a chair out, sit down on it or sit down against the wall. And like, it's really nourishing to your mm -hmm. hearts also, but it can create such juicy orgasm is so much abundant lubrication for the woman because the position really touches the spot that helps to release lubrication, the A spot. Um, it's on the front side of the cervix behind the G spot. And like women can often be like so much lubrication. It just feels amazing to feel so wet. Like it can feel really therapeutic to like, oh, let it flow that much. So yeah, a simple thing like a, a position change <laughs> can help a lot. Right, right. You know, I and I love that you mentioned that, right? Because people think about like the when we're doing something that's not working, it, the solution is not doing it more. We need a different way of approaching. Mm, and yeah. I love that you were talking about that. That can be very sensual and heart to heart, but also can uh, help you guys to connect differently. And I know in your book, these are like a small sample of what you offer, like just yeah. tons of information about relationships, sexual wellness. So if people are interested in getting your book, what are some of the places they can purchase it? Well, my book is available all over the world in tons of different bookstores, but because I've got the word in my title, cock, conscious cock, like it's censored from oh, no. most search results. Now, let me just be specific here. Like if you go to Amazon and you search conscious cock, I don't come up. It's oh, like no. I don't exist, but that's because I'm censored from the search results. But if you have a direct link to go to it, you can get to it and order it just fine. So the best thing is just to go to my website, consciouscock.com. There you get the links to all the different places, Amazon, Bar Barnes and Noble. I mean, Flipkart, there's tons of books, a million, lots of different retailers all around the world. All the different continents have it. But yeah, we have to deal with like this kind of information it's kind of hard to get in the modern world because it's so censored. It's difficult to find, even if you're looking for it, because the search results omit it. So unfortunate. And I, and I, again, I, I wonder if people would be interested to work with you. Do you offer coaching as well? I stopped doing coaching because I need to reach more people. <laughs> and I can only do, <laughs> I found that when I was doing coaching, maybe four clients, I was really maxed out. Like my, the caseload that I could handle wasn't that much. So I'm changing what I'm doing. And I, I'm just doing teaching with groups and interviews and creating courses and stuff like that. I'm no longer doing one-on-one -on -one coaching, but I do have a Facebook group for guys specifically. Women are not allowed where we talk about the concepts and the practices and the issues that we face in our relationships and sex lives. And we also talk about our successes and our wins, you know, because a lot of times guys don't have anybody to share that information with. And like, we don't actually talk about sex with other guys. So only with a doctor in a, in a clinic or something like uh, something like that or jokering locker room mentality which is kind of brutal and it's not it doesn't actually help us so that's the conscious cock brotherhood on facebook oh i love the name it's so unfortunate that it gets censored and no wonder your book is full of great content because you know what i see at times that they, people offer small bits of information because they they want people to come to their coaching so no wonder you have oh, this yeah. generous uh, i'm not trying to sell anything that's <laughs> that, i just am passionate about education i just love 
making big change in people's lives. And I don't know, it's something that I actually kind of enjoy that I don't have anything to sell. <laughs> I mean, sure, buy my book, I'll make $1. Okay, after uh, a printer, distributor, a publisher, ever, ever, everyone's paid, or I'll make a dollar. It's nothing, it doesn't even pay my internet bill. You know, I just wanna teach people and help them get inspired. So I also wanna say, I need help from women to get my message out there into the hands of men, because guys tend to pretend they've got it all figured out. They know everything they need to know. They're the sharpest tool in the shed. Like, you know, don't threaten their ego that they're the best guy in the world. Like women, please help me. <laughs> please help me. All right. We need to get this information into their hands. They need to learn about sexual anatomy and physiology. They need to learn about how to, how to, how to understand women. They need to learn about these practices and they don't have any sources of this information. So thank you for helping me get word out about this well, because my, I sure. need this assistance because it's so hard to beat the censorship and guys having all their armor on, but this is such necessary information to the world. And I thank you for being so generous with all this information. Again, at times people say like, yeah, they dropped one jewel and they say like, oh, if you want more, you have to purchase like, I don't know, this package of $10,000 <laughs> to get uh -huh. more. But I feel with your book, you've been just so generous. I, what a great, and also what a beautiful space you created for men and the Facebook group. So we'll make sure we link to that as well. And thank you so much, Christopher. It was a pleasure to have you on our show. Thank you so much for having this show. Like, this is such a resource for people to hear these things. And by having these discussions, you're really helping normalize these conversations. You're really helping people to lighten up. It's such an offering to the world. So thank you. Rock on. Aww. You know, and thank you, everybody who <laughs> tuned in today, because even doing that is like investing in yourself and investing in your relationship if you have one and then making the world a better place. So may we all help each other rise. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. And we have to have you in future. Oh my God. I'd love it. I would love to come back. I would love to talk about period sex. Oh, that is a hot topic. How yeah. do you know what, what's going on in our trends and, and our questions? <laughs> I got tons of research <laughs> that I've done. Awesome. <laughs> and and I, I, want, I like to deconstruct this notion that lots of men think it's dirty. Because it's not. It's your blood. It's sacred. It's your life force. Anyway, just an idea. <laughs> to be continued. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Everybody have a great day. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you found our conversation meaningful. If you are someone that you're not happy with the size of your penis, I want you to hear me loud and clear. I talk to many, many women in my practice and socially that they talk to me about how important it is for, for them to be with guys that are good lovers. So I barely hear anyone makes any comment about someone's sizes being small. What I often a lot is about men who are larger and they're not good lovers and they're not investing in foreplay. So sex is uncomfortable actually for, for many women because of that or men that they're just jackhammering during intercourse and that feels uncomfortable and dissatisfying for many, many women and their lovers. So if you are thinking about doing surgeries or supplement or things to increase your length or girth, my invitation for you is to make sure first you are talking to your partner to see if that's something that is really important for them. 
and also exploring techniques, classes, things that can help you to be better as a lover. There are so many different ways that you can give pleasure to your partner and penis to vagina intercourse is only one of many, many options. So I hope that this conversation gives you some idea on what you can do to last longer, have better sexual experiences with your partner in a more natural, holistic way. If you are a listener of this show, I really, really appreciate if you make sure you're leaving us a review in iTunes, Stitchers, wherever you listen to this podcast. It means a lot to me and it helps us to reach a broader audience. I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.